Welcome to the Champions of Change podcast from Capital One. My name is Sonia Barlow. I'm an award-winning diversity business coach, motivational speaker, and founder of the LMF Network. And in this series, I'll be chatting with the engineers, managers, and directors who are redefining what it means to be a woman in technology. Today's episode is about the barriers facing girls getting into tech and how we can build a future generation of female tech leaders. I'm joined today by Rachel Hover, who is the tech director at Capital One, Lauren Cordroy and Sophie Hogarth, who are both software engineers. Thank you so much for getting involved. Now, I remember when I was at university, technology or the tech industry was not even an industry that was spoken about. It was either finance or marketing. Those were really the two that I came up against when I graduated in 2015. I remember I said yes to my first role in tech, not because I was in technology or in the industry itself, but because I just wanted to have a job because that's what adulting was. That's really what I was aiming for after university. And I just didn't want to be poor. I think that was it, to be very honest. And when I entered this space and I was in a media and insights company, I remember constantly being told, hey, you're a woman. You're a woman in tech. You're a brown woman in tech. And I was like, no, my name is Sonia. And they were like, yes, but you don't understand the power that you have being a woman of color in technology and being one of only women of color and 300 people. And I was like, I'm literally only here to, to, to work and to flourish and to progress. And the point I'm trying to make is I didn't even understand these labels until I entered a company. And then once I entered the company, I felt like for me, I had a bit of like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Oh, women in tech don't do this or girls in tech don't do that. Or you can't be a female tech leader. And I found myself working three times, five times as hard because I was always up against these challenges or I was always being told that actually you are one of 5% women of, you know, colour and technology. And so therefore you have to do X, Y, Z for you to get the same treatment as your male counterparts. And now in hindsight, when I think about it, how demotivating is that language that we're using? How discouraging is the fact that we've entered into a space and without even being in a place where we can form our own identity or where we are communicating and progressing ourselves, we're constantly being put on with these labels that we then have to deal with, right? And Rachel, I'd love to get your perspective because not only are you a tech director, but you have been in this industry when technology wasn't even a thing. Like we didn't even understand what tech was. Tech, I guess 10, 15 years ago was you know, the mobile phones that we have in our hands, not the work that we could be doing day in, day out. So I'd love to get your perspective on what it meant to be a woman in tech then and what it means to be now and what it will mean to be in the future. Yeah. So thank you, Sonia. I think, um, you know, when I, when I left school, you know, tech just, like you said, tech wasn't a, um, wasn't an industry. Um, It was something, um, and it was very, very, very male dominated at that time. So it wasn't even discussed as an option to go into from a career perspective. Um, you know, and it there weren't there weren't the roots and it certainly wasn't something that was was talked about very much. And I think, you know, 
uh, even sort of starting work, you know, and looking at working in tech, it was always one of those where, you know, people, you must need to be really clever to work in tech because it's all very complicated. Um, so one of the things that I've, you know, tried to do over the years for, um, you know, for, for women in particular that I talk to is to try and demystify it because um, it's not complicated. If you have a, if you like to problem solve and you love, um, you know, more sort of analytical, technical type challenges, then tech is a perfect place for you to be, but you don't have to code, right? So I hear a lot of people saying, oh, I don't want to code, but you don't because tech is now part of everybody's life. So, um, you know, when I look, I look forward, tech is now, everybody works in tech, right? They just have different varying um, degrees of where they, they get involved. And I think, so that really shows the industry sort of shifting, um, you know, and tech being more prevalent in terms of it being a career choice and journey now. Um, however, I do think that there are, you know, we're still not encouraging on a level playing field, um, you know, diversity into tech. Um, I don't think we push tech as much as we should as a career choice or a, an option as, um, you know, girls in particular come out of universities where, um, you know, where you are in a um, sort of one of the, what I class a sort of red brick um universities in the UK, there isn't an encouragement to go into a technology career and a career path there. There's more they, if you are in particular a girl, you know, staying in academia, you know, and being able to sort of share forward your experiences and knowledge is more encouraged than it is to go and share those experiences and knowledge in a technology career. And, um, you know, certainly in my experience with both my daughters, that's something that they've both seen where, you know, universities are very keen to continue to, to do that. Um, you know, and I, when I look backwards, in some ways, that's that's the same as when I was, um, you know, in a similar position to them at their age, looking at what career choice I have, because tech wasn't talked about then either. Um, so I do think there is some um, opportunities for us just to continue to make sure that, you know, we are prevalent, because once you get into tech, it is that whole demystifying what it means. And you don't have to do a tech degree, or you don't even have to do a degree to get into technology. It's, you know, just have the right mindset, um, you know, a, a thirst to learn. Um, and, you know, really to just have the, you know, that real interest, it doesn't, it's, it's not as complicated as I think, um, you know, sometimes it's badged up to be, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And you've touched on such key points there. One, you've touched on the fact that if we want to encourage girls into tech, we need to start earlier than, you know, their first grad jobs. It really is university and school level. Two, you've touched on focusing on technology from a holistic lifestyle perspective, because as you've mentioned, everything now is either incorporated with tech or has a tech function. And three, and I think most importantly, you've spoken about being able to match your skills with the jobs that you're doing currently and of the future and say, well, actually, if you are a great communicator or if you are a problem solver or if you are curious, technology is the place for you because here's the skills, here's the jobs that we have which will align with your skills. Lauren, I'd love to hear your perspective. Do you feel like we should start these conversations earlier and what was your experience from school to university to now working in Capital One? Yeah, 100%. I would definitely agree with Rachel and that these conversations need to be happening as early as possible, but not even the conversation of you can do it, just the com not having the conversation of why well, you can't do it. Like, just it's better to just say nothing and let people discover their own passion. And obviously encouraging people is amazing, but I've 
like so I spent most of my education in um, an all-girls school. So from year three to year 11, so up to GCSE, I was in all-girls schools. Um, and as I started to kind of develop my passion for STEM towards my GCSEs, that's when I started hearing, oh, you know, you'll be the only woman in the room. You'll be the only woman in a team. And I would look around and be like, well, 100% of my maths classes are women or young girls. 100% of my science classes are women. What are you talking about? Like, there are so many passionate, intelligent people in this room. Where, where are they going if they're not going into STEM? So then it got to GCSE and I decided I wanted to study computing at A-level. And um, the school I was in at the time didn't have the funding or the support to be able to provide that for me, which again, out of my control. Um, so I took the decision to move schools into a mixed school. So I was um, with men and women, specifically to study computing A-level alongside um, maths, further maths and physics. And that's when I got my first taste of, oh, okay, I'm the only woman in the room or I'm, you know, in the minority in the room. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, you know, people were right in the end. Um, so then I did my um, A-levels and I went um, straight into uni to study computer science. And that's when it hit me because I was then in lecture theatres with um, 137 students and only nine of us were women. So that is less than 7%. And that's when I was like, oh, okay, there's only eight other people in this room that have had even remotely a similar experience to me coming up to this. So I've kind of lived through that drop-off of, you know, 100% women in my maths and physics classes down to 7%. Like, where are you all going? Like, and I hate to think that it's because people are being discouraged or because they're afraid because, you know, you say labels aren't great, but being a woman in tech is so empowering and you know, I love having the respect of my peers, not because I'm a woman in tech, but because I've earned it, because I've worked hard to get that respect and I'm good at my job. Like, that's it at the end of the day. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, as somebody who also went to a girls' school, so I went to girls' school in secondary school, I knew a different life. My teachers were, were women. My chemistry teacher was, was a woman of colour. I remember to this day, I was so inspired by her just to be like, wow, you have studied and you've got a degree and you've come back to teach us. And it's and, and to your point, absolutely, being a woman in tech is very empowering because it provides you with an opportunity to be able to support others. And I think that's something we need to take into hold greatly. While she was speaking and you said, where have they gone? Well, actually, I myself took maths and further maths at sixth form. I remember when I got to my university choices, I completely freaked out. And I thought, well, what am I going to do with a maths degree? What am I going to do with... Uh, an engineering degree. I don't know what the roles intake. I don't know what my day to day would be like. So I think that's one thing is not exploring enough and not having enough education around what does a day to day actually look like in technology. It's great having these titles, but we don't really know what they mean. The second I remember now that you were as you were talking, I remember I got my grades for further maths and the boys came around me and were like, we didn't think you were that smart wow, we didn't think that you were able to achieve that. And when I left university um, and I and I had my first grad job, I remember I equally bumped into this one um, boy that I used to study with at sixth form and he was working in retail because he was in between, um, I think, university undergrad and a master's and I already had a job. And I remember he said to me, and I, and I, and I kid you not, he said, wow, did you did you get into that university through clearing? Like, I didn't know you were that smart. 
oh, wow, did you get that job because you had connections? And I thought, no, I worked hard, but you're already dismissing my efforts without actually getting to know me. And I equally saw now how that impacted myself within the workplace. I became a bit more new. I became quite closed off and I was just working and working and working because I was not only proving it to myself, but I was proving it to these people whose opinions I thought mattered. Yeah, completely. And just you talking then reminded me of my biggest pet peeves of women in tech, because when someone asks you, oh, what do you do? Or what are you studying? Or what do you do at um, uni? And I'll say, oh, I did computer science. I'm a software engineer. That reaction of, wow, that's amazing. You must be so smart. Like all of this stuff, that surprise is because I'm a woman. If a guy told you the exact same thing, would you react the same way? Like, it's like for me, if someone said, oh, I'm a, a software engineer, I'd be like, that's amazing. You know, what language do you program in? Like, my achievement isn't so great because I'm a woman. It's because I worked as hard as, probably harder than any of the men that did the same. Absolutely. Sophie, what about yourself? How do you feel about labels and achievements? And most importantly, whose responsibility do you think it is to start having these conversations around technology, the industry, and what we as girls can, can achieve? So for me, um, a while back I heard this thing and it, it might have been on something like Grey's Anatomy and someone said like, I am woman, hear me roar. And I feel like that speaks to my inner core so much, especially being labelled as a woman in tech, being the only woman in a tech team, like continually. Um, I think you've just got to do it, like do it for yourself and do it for all the girls that feel, have been told no or have been questioned whether they're smart enough. And I really think responsibility starts when they're younger. Um, no one ever mentioned tech to me at all, at all through uh, primary school, secondary school, university, any of that. Like no one even suggested it. I didn't know what tech was until a friend suggested it to me when I was like 23. Um, and I really think we need to start having these conversations earlier, like, in preparation for this podcast, I got in contact with my old math teacher and he still didn't know what software engineering was. I had to explain it to him. Like nothing's changed in the, I don't know, 11 years since I did my GCSEs. It, nothing's changed. Like, why do they still not know what tech is? Why is there no initiative to push girls into STEM, to encourage girls into STEM? Um, and I really think we need to be showing girls the role models. You know, we are in tech. There are women here that shout about it. You know, companies, organisations. Yes, we we know there's, there's less women than men, but there are women here. If girls join us, they're not going to be alone. Like, there are some of us here and we really, we need to shout about that. Absolutely. And something that you've touched on very briefly is, yes, there's a lack of education when it comes to secondary schools, primary schools, universities. But what we've also started discussing is the perceptions of women in tech, right? The fact that we've spoken about, oh, you're so smart, or it's going to be so difficult. Oh, wow, you're, so, you know, someone being so surprised that you've that you've achieved it. Sophie, do you think that there is a perception right or wrong that to be a woman in tech you have to be an x type of woman or y type of woman be that you know as as per social media and as per what we see in the movies quite nerdy someone who wears glasses someone who doesn't necessarily have a social life because unfortunately that's what a lot of even cartoons portray right it's actually if you're a woman in tech or if you're in tech you're just there 
in your head in your computer with your headphones on with your glasses having no real life staying in your bedroom all the time is that is that what you do Sophie is that how we would see you as a woman in tech absolutely not because I didn't know what coding was when I was at school (laughs) so that was not me um I was a definite maths geek like from whenever I remember the earliest memories of school I was like numbers numbers um but yeah I think there's this like and I think social media and like you say like movies and cartoons kind of play a part in this and you know you're 14 15 when you make your GCSE decisions um and then you know you're what 17 18 when you make your A-levels um do you care what you're going to be doing at 30? Um, or do you care whether your friends think you're cool? And if you take maths or tech, do you think, like, are they going to think you're cool or not? And I really think that has a part to play in it. Um, I think that, like, my experience is that if I say to people, I'm a software engineer, uh, to, like, my family or, like, where I'm from, if I go back home, um, they don't really understand it. And so it's a bit dismissive. Like, the response is dismissive, not because they don't think I'm smart enough. It's more that they just don't understand so then you go into this bit of a long explanation for it and then it just becomes oh wow like you must be really smart or or whatever their response is um but I think there's this this idea that you have to be the type of woman that's ready to battle or ready to sit with just men um and I think maybe people think it's you know you need to be a certain type of woman to be able to do that um I don't think that's necessarily the case, in in my opinion. We're all just human beings trying to do their job, like you say, earn money, pay the mortgage. Um, and I think you're added those labels. Um, but personally, from my experience, I actually enjoy those labels now and I'm really trying to use that to push on and make it better so we no longer have to label women and that the word women isn't used derogatory or it's not used to sort of find statistics because that's not happening to men. And I'd really love for us to get to a place where this isn't happening to women because it's just so normal. It's a 50-50 split. Absolutely. And what you've touched on there is just the normalising of the fact that we're still having this conversation and the fact that we are in 2021 talking about why has the number not increased past 19%, right? The last 10 years, it's been stagnant between 15 to 19% of those in technology identify as women. Why have we not gone over 20%. What are we doing wrong? What are we doing right? What can we do be doing more? Rachel, as as a mother, how did you have these conversations with your daughters? Um yeah, so I think for me, um you know, a lot of it is, you know, just talking to them and um helping them to believe that they can be and do whatever they want to do, whether, you know, and whether they're girls or boys or however they choose to identify, it doesn't really matter. And that's the thing where, you know, the, um, you know, the amount of times that, you know, through school you hear, well, do you want to do that because you know, you'll be with a group of boys um, to which they both sort of shrug and go, well, that isn't, you know, they're really not that, that bothered and it doesn't really matter to them. But, you know, the more I see that that doesn't happen, the more, um, you know, I talk to them about the things that they can do. So my eldest daughter in particular, you know, she's always been, um, you know, uh, maths and science and physics and all that type of thing. But then she had a group of friend, girlfriends and they've all sort of stuck together and supported each other as well because they've got and when you look at it, it's because they have supportive parents, but there are others then that what they've been able to do is to support then um, girls in particular that may not have that support at home and to be able to to do that. So I think for me, it's all about 
um, creating opportunities um, for, you know, for girls in particular to be able to see that, that there are, you know, there are role models, there are, um, you know, different careers into tech. So, you know, um, for example, you know, you don't have, like I mentioned earlier, you don't have to code, you know, data science, all of, you know, there are a whole ton of different responsibilities where you can use within tech. It's not just a one, you know, a one opportunity career. You don't have to sit, um, you know, and, um, you know, build things anymore. That was certainly the, um, a stereotypical view that I had when I was, you know, when you first start to think about tech and you start to talk about tech. Um, and what that does is that opens up um, opportunities for, for, um, for women in particular to be more confident to move into tech roles. Um, and when I talked to my youngest daughter, for example, um, you know, she, she um, would class her, um, you know, science journey as sort of less from the more math side of things. So she wasn't, you know, she, you know, she hated maths at school, but she loves biology, but she loves solving problems and she does that. So now she's looking into a different um, career path into technology because that's where the jobs are. And she sees it as a real challenge and a real opportunity. Now, when you sort of think about why does she do that? Well, you know, maybe some of that is the way she is, but also there's also the support that she knows that she's got and the people that she's been able to meet and the things that, you know, I see, you know, with the support of all the things I've learned being at Capital One meeting amazing women like um, the two ladies on this call and learning about their journeys is being able to share and pay that forward. So giving them the opportunities to be involved and to know what's out there for them to get involved in and also for them then to be able to share that with their friends Absolutely. Thank you. Sophie, what do you think that companies can be doing and what we should be doing through an education level to start the conversations at least around alternatives in education or and alternatives to entering the world in tech? As per your own story, you've reminded us that the conversations weren't really there and that really does have an impact on you and your motivation but a word that we've used throughout this session is confidence we keep coming back to the confidence that instills in you as a young woman as an older woman but especially as a woman in tech yeah so for me like I've always been a confident child like my mum said like I was the confident one my sister was quite the quiet one but it really took the past like year or so that I've really felt confident enough in my role to go okay, now is the time I'm going to push for women in tech. Like I'm very much for equality, but like now, it's, it's taken a really long time for me to be confident enough to go, well, I'm going to push this regardless because we deserve equality. We, you know, I'm so fed up of having to have these conversations. Like why hasn't anything moved on? Um, and so I think it's great that people are getting there slowly. And like Lauren says, she's using her experience and her confidence to go and do those at, um, career fairs. But I think what, um, especially teachers, whether that be at school level or a university level, people just need to go out and learn about all these different areas and options. Like I just, you know, I think schools have to have career counsellors these days. Um, there definitely was one when I was there. And again, I found them useless, if I'm being totally honest. Like, what did they give me as an option? Like nothing that I can remember that was useful, like other than teacher. Um, and I think that just there are so many different roles now that we need to make sure that everybody is aware of the options to be able to offer them if they don't know what engineering or tech is they're not going to offer it which means girls aren't going to know that it's a thing to therefore go and pursue and I really think there's a responsibility on educators to do that uh, to really get women into tech and 
keep girls passionate about it. You know, unless people are having the conversations and reminding them and showing them role models, girls aren't going to go in because they don't think they should, because they don't see themselves. They don't, there's no like role model for them to like see themselves in. Um, what also I think could be really good um, is like you, I think we've sort of touched on this before, but actually getting women to go into schools and having those conversations and go, look, like I'm an engineer and I'm a woman and you can do this. And, um, you know, just to sort of explain it, because again, that didn't happen for me at school. In fact, I don't think I ever remember anybody coming into school and talking to us about jobs and saying, this is what I do. But we know that lib women in tech is still a problem and it hasn't doesn't seem like it's changing that much over the past decade few decades so i think we need to sort of shift it up take it up a notch and you know maybe go a bit further and actually go into schools and go look <laughs> you can do this look at us there's so many of us that it, and it, it's it, you know everyone can achieve it that personally i think is a great wrap to this week's episode there is still a lot of work to do but we are starting the conversation and if you are listening if you are wanting to learn there are four women on this podcast who have put their hand up and said reach out to us we're ready to support we're ready to share we're ready to be champions of change we hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as we did and to find out more about how we can support you and your career journey visit jobs.capital1.co.uk